Yo, 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 what's up? It's CJ the Day Slayer from the Upgrade America Podcast 2.0. Um, yeah, we got busy on this one. Like, share, subscribe. Uh, my audio is a little low, so just bear with me. I try to keep the background music lower so you can hear me. Um, Cam came through with that fire, you know what I'm saying? The intellectual assassin. <laughs> um, yeah, man, we were just talking about Iran. Feminist movement, uh, Bitcoin. We got into a little culture, pop culture, sports, uh, spirituality. That's what we do in Upgrade America. It's not just politics. You know, we're more than that. So, hope you upgraders are good. I'm here in Florida, so we got to get prepared for the storm. So, we're going to get this out for you. Hopefully, we'll be reporting back this Sunday coming up. I'll be giving an update of the storm. So we'll see. We'll see what's going on. I guess I do uh, the weather report too for Upgrade America. But that's what we do. Peace, love, blessings, prosperity. with the lobbyists, fist pumping the shoddy up. You don't need to fear, we're here to talk politics. I want my 40 acres, you can keep the mule, but I want 600 horses to drive my kids to school. Oof, this is Upgrade America. We're just here to share our thoughts with the legend, the man, CJ, the day slayer. What's happening on you, Ambrosky? Getting ready for this tropical storm slash hurricane. Wednesday night. So is, we'll see. What is this? Hurricane Ian or whatever? Something like that. To be honest, I wasn't even really paying attention. I feel you. I feel you. It's uh, but I know your neck of the woods gets slammed pretty hard. Hurricane yeah. season. You well, know? actually, not really because we're inland. So closest ocean, all of them are like an hour away. So I feel you. Where I'm located is perfect. Like between us and Jacksonville, we're like some of the ideal places to be because we're inland. Well, as long as you don't have to do any hardening or weathering, man, we should be all good. But yo, for all our upgraders out there, I pray you're blessed living your dreams and all that good stuff. Today, we're talking about Bitcoin energy and demand destruction. Uh, I first learned about demand destruction on Trader University. Big shout out, very solid intel on the Bitcoin and economic community. But oh, first I got to say, this is entertainment meant to be considered as a thought experiment. God bless the First Amendment. Feel free to be offended. <laughs> Let's move on. This is not financial advice, all that good stuff. According to Investopedia, demand destruction is most often associated with the demand for oil or other energy commodities. So the price of oil is often linked to the price of other goods and services as oil is often used to transport them. So, I mean, a lot of people know, you know, the price of gas goes up, price of lobster goes up, price of other commodities goes up because it takes gas as a medium to transport them. So if you destroy or curb the demand for oil, essentially you can curb the demand for everything and quell that pesky inflation. 
or at least in theory. So how would one curve the demand? Well, you could adjust the interest rates like the Federal Reserve and stuff is doing at the moment. You could adjust these interest rates to trigger and or exacerbate a pending recession, which would inevitably drive the corporate sector to downsize their workforce. What does that mean? As a recession means, as it hits, and you're talking about Jamie Dimon, these, these banking executives who are really high up there talking about a, a, a bubble burst that can be far worse than uh, 2008 or even the depressions and whatnot. We're talking about they're forecasting for real hard economic turbulence. So it's like, yeah, they're going to fire people. That, that, that's just the, the nature of the beast. But it's like it, they're forecasting this at a time where energy prices are going to go up. So the logic is like, yo, if you don't have a job to drive to, you don't need gas. So if this is happening on a large scale, in theory, it drives down the price of gas. Then you have another problem you have to deal with, which is large-scale unemployment. So that's simplified on, on a grander scale. It, to me, I think it's, it's a poor way to fight inflation. So the demand of energy will still be there, though. What's destroyed is the opportunity to fulfill that demand. Meaning, yeah, a bunch of people were terminated, and they loss of income. It's like not that you don't want the energy. It's just the the resources to acquire it aren't there. So winter's coming and people may be cold as energy prices rise and more uh, they're, they're forecasting for more mass unemployment from this pending economic poop storm. So what can be done? We talked about you know we analyzed the situation. But we didn't discuss what can be done. Okay. Obviously, uh, just like from the blip, there was an, uh, an extension on unemployment. And my understanding, there was an increase as well. So if this is true, that and the governments are aware of recession, pending recession and everything, then these are something they need to be discussing right now is... One is how much they're going to increase unemployment, and two, like how long are they going to extend it? My my second bubble is that, as we always keep it Bitcoin related, governments should buy Bitcoin and use this to pay the utilities to offset the prices for the inflation. Okay. Meaning, people have lost their jobs, and they still need to pay their utility bills. Mm-hmm. Unemployment can only go so far. Remember, unemployment is cash, essentially. But give, pay, government should pay utility with Bitcoin to offset these uh, these prices for the people who need it. That's just mine. I'm throwing that out there. But what are your thoughts on the coming poop storm recession? And what, what can we do to, to upgrade America? Bro? Um, as far as my thoughts... I think if you're at a certain income in America, you're already always in a recession. I don't look at it as how they 
economic uh, economists say, oh, we're coming to recession. If you're under probably, I would say, what, maybe 200,000, something like mm-hmm. that. If you're under that, more than likely, well, I would say under 100,000, but it just all depends because of what, too, that kind of shook a lot of things up. We'll just say 200,000. If you're under that, you're already kind of in survival mode. You're already kind of shortcuts. You're carpooling. You're using mass transit when you can. You're cutting out uh, extra amenity. You're already kind of living like that. So when I think of a recession, I don't really panic or anything because I look at it like we are as kind of operating that, especially if you're under, say, 80000 Mm-hmm. Yeah, if you start getting under that, it's even more, uh, more of a like what we're gonna discuss later, like a resistance economy within your house. So, um, I don't really. I'm, it might sound cynical or maybe uh, dismissive, but I don't really pay attention to that. Depending on your income level, you're always in that situation. Interesting. Now, I do monitor these things as one, the cyclical, how do you say, recessions and what have you, they seem to correlate to crime waves. Okay. And uh, from a security analyst in me, like, yeah, I'm on top of it for that. Also, there are market opportunities. Meaning, uh, if you happen to have cash or other assets, and you can acquire assets for a discount in these times, um, real estate, and maybe maybe even Bitcoin may may fall, uh, you know, in in these times because it's it's something to be aware of because the markets seems to reflect it. It is a a, a desperate time. Meaning, an asset is, is something of value. But when you look at the market and you can see that people are willing to part with their things of value in the past for 40% discounts, 70% discounts, like this is a sign of desperation. And that's something holistically, I, I think it's worth being aware of. But from a government perspective, yeah, like, um, do consider the unemployment if this is what you're forecasting, the extensions, and also find a way uh, to offset that, you know, the, the potential rising prices of energy. Another thing I just thought about, what about a um, tax break for small businesses? Why is that never included? Now, what do you mean by a tax break for small businesses? Maybe, um, because I'm thinking about, like, Amazon pays, like, zero federal taxes. Mm. But why not apply that to small business? As you said, Amazon, a notification just popped up, like, hey, I just delivered some crap to you. (laughs) I just thought that was ironic. But I never hear small businesses getting those breaks, like payroll tax, maybe, like, that or make it super low or just something. You know why? I have a hypothesis. Okay. Well, I mean, it's the same thing with the wealthy, I imagine, right? Mm-hmm. So it's like 
in regards to legal, bottom line, it comes down to legal counsel. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so corporations and the wealthy can afford more and better legal counsel than the average person. Could governments extract more taxation if they targeted corporations, if they targeted the wealthy? Heck yeah, all that wealth they hoard. Unfortunately, they can hire teams, they both can hire teams of lawyers to just hide the money and, 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 and circumvent, you know, the, the bureaucracy of the, the IRS. So what is more effective is to target the masses, target Joe Blow, who, who can barely get by, living check to check, he can't afford a lawyer. So we'll shake him down, we'll take out well, you know, take a, a fair chunk. But what I propose, and I trolled, uh, I trolled Joe Biden's Twitter with this, is that we need tax breaks. We have tax breaks for people, but we need tax breaks for corporations and small businesses. I.e., small business makes between XYZ, under 200K. They should be taxed at this tax bracket rate because corporations are people. Somebody said that. Yeah. So then tax them like people with, with tax brackets. Very true. I agree. It, it should be something moving forward anyway that should be like a standard in America considering what we're going to discuss in the next lineup but yeah I'm just looking at this like there's solutions to this absolutely down to political what is it political will I think that's the term where you know what you got to do it's just a matter of you doing it <laughs> kind of thing so thing is the genie's already out of the bottle, man. It's just like politics was. And I don't even want to say the, the founding fathers had good intentions, you know, when when they when they, they concocted this whole thing with the whole democracy. But like after the political parties took a hold of it, it was no longer about the people. It was all about parties in control and power, power, retaining and gaining power. And, yeah. you know, and the people have suffered as a result of that. But Absolutely. So, what you gonna do? What up with America? That's what we're trying to do. Oh, yeah, my Adidas shirt is made out of like recycled materials. Get some upcycle. I like that. Yeah, so it's pretty nice too. I actually like this. Um, we're gonna talk about Iran. Israel and the resistance economy. So you take it away with Israel. So bang, boom. Shout out to Forward Observer. This is a, a channel that's run by some military veterans, some spec okay. up guys. Uh, I want to say even a former CIA analyst is on there too. And they've been pretty spot on with their intel. And one of the topics they were discussing is how Israel made a comment how they would use any force necessary to prevent Iran from obtaining a a nuclear weapon. And it is perceived that there are a few weeks, if not months, away from, you know, obtaining such a thing. Israel is in the ambivalent state of their nuclear status, but it is believed that they have these weapons. And the thing is, like... I think it is tyrannical if if a sovereign state nukes another state to prevent them just from obtaining weapons. 
I think that's worse than using. It would be worse than Iran striking them first. You know, like to use nukes to uh, to do that. I learned something uh, about nuclear weapons just yesterday um, while I was watching Cosmos with uh, my daughter. Right, that when they launch nukes, like just testing it. It released these isotopes in the air around the world that just messed up breast milk for like around the world. And I was just like, "Wow!" It. I thought about nukes. That that hearing that really changed my my perspective on nukes because I'm like, "Okay, yeah, nuclear winter, fallout, the immediate vaporization of." Of, of countless lives, like I came to terms with that, but it wasn't until I'm like, wow, a nuke launch on one side of the world can affect breast milk on the other,、mm. and、uh, it, it really made me think about what's going on, one in、uh, in Ukraine, but also Israel's threats or not threats, but、um, their, their their rhetoric of, of that, hey, we'll we'll do what we have to do and. We may or may not have、uh, nuclear munitions towards Iran. What are your thoughts on that? Well, I, I find it ironic that I'm not saying they're not a country, obviously, that can defend. I feel like they talk from the standpoint of they know that they have us to back them up, considering the amount of billions we spend on, on whatever they spend their money on. Bill wasn't as clear, but it looked like majorly, just majorly, just defense. Defense, yeah, Iron Domes and, and what have you.、Um, but it's like they're rubbing so close to China, rubbing, rubbing shoulders so closely with China, and that makes me uncomfortable. But、um, I think they're kind of what I what we mentioned before. I think they're hedging their bets because. They gotta know it sometime. I mean, what is Israel really benefiting us with? We don't have any、um, bases there that we know of. Say say that once again. I said, what what is Israel really benefiting us by giving them all this money? What is our benefit at this? They gotta know at some point we're gonna be like,、eh, you know what? We might not. There's really no reason to give you these billions of dollars. I'm a conspiracy theorist, and this、okay. is entertainment, anyways. But maybe, maybe there's just some long-kept secret between Israel and America. It could even, and I'm just throwing wild conspiracy theorists out there. Like when you read the. The Bible, and if you want to read it from like a sci-fi perspective, and the, these people, the Israelites, they had connection with Yahweh, Yahovah, or you know,、uh, this this powerful entity that destroyed worlds. Like I'm, a, you know, James Earl Jones. Yeah. So he read the New Testament of the Bible. But there's another famous actor who read, you know, the First Testament. 
I'm listening to this man, and they're talking about you. You heard the story of Sodom and Gomorrah? Yeah, I'm just saying. Yeah, the long story story is so wicked that God sent angels down to destroy it. And they're talking about yo, the dude's wife turned back because angels was like, yo, just go up the mountain, don't even look back. Cause we about to smoke this place with fire and brimstone. But the wife turned back and she turned to a pillar of salt. Like, imagine that, though, from a, from a combat perspective, man. Like, being vaporized. Yeah. And this is in ancient Bible times, man. I'm just like, this is the God that, you know, that the Israelites are. So, I'm just thinking, like, perhaps, yeah. Does America, does the American government believe that and, and retain that relationship Merely, God bless America. They, there's a lot of uh, catering to Israel. Is it related to that? I don't know. Because there is a lot of uh, occultism. There's a lot of stuff in the foundation of America. And there's a lot of stuff. All these presidents are Freemasons. And if you know about ley lines, are you familiar with those? A ley line? Uh, a ley line are like... So if you know about the human beings, we have chakras, these energy yeah. fields, the third eye, your imagination right there, your heart chakra. The earth has these energy points too. But ancient civilizations, Native Americans, ancient Egyptians, they built on these ley lines. They built monuments on these ley lines. Okay. Washington, D.C. has all this upside down pentagramism on the streets you can see there's a literal pentag- pentagon in there there's a lot of occultism bound into there in judaism you see the the star of david but these are also there's a lot of this symbology is it's also in the money too if you look at the do- at the dollar you see the stars you'll see that star of david is in there does it all come back to some hidden stuff to there and we pay them and I don't know, but there's a lot the the process is marinating. But there's it's another election. But what do you think? I think I think the one thing that stood out what you said was that they know something on. I feel like they know something on that money is kind of insurance. Hey, we'll let the world know. Blah blah blah. Which from our standpoint all right whatever like everybody knows like we're, we're bullies etc cetera, etc cetera. like you can look up most of our shit or atrocities that we've committed as <laughs> so i mean at this point you know um and that's why i've been campaigning why we should be buddies with irene because um they have resources that we can use you know for that story send um, my condolences which is the lady that got beat up in police custody for not wearing that her job the hijab yeah yeah that's crazy and I want to bring this up to American women when they talk about you know the feminist movement and everything that's patriarchy and that's oppression beat up for wearing not wearing your hijab and you're just complaining about frivolous shit over here when you can pretty much do anything you want in America as a woman. Um, I'm 
not saying that they're not double standards, they're not um, misogyny, etc. But understand when you're saying oppression and patriarchy, that's a prime example of what men are talking about. So y'all really don't know what that's like. And I want to make that very clear um, because I, I ran across this. Uh, it was a woman, I think she was a Iranian descent and she was saying hey for women out there y'all need to be speaking up about this this is what we need to be talking about well, I, I think um, I, I agree and I support the feminist movement only because right now there is a very high masculine energy I want equality not just for, for 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 women, not just for men, but for, for everyone. We we gotta facilitate this. But a big step, particularly for I, I would suggest for Iranian women, yes, you can team together, get legions, but to rally just so, uh, uh, under that, you're gonna have limited energy because it's excluded. What I would rally around is to destroy all aspects of religion and government. Remove. Okay. Because there, that hijab stuff would not apply. There, any males who are oppressed by religion and government, that would not apply. That's where the people in Iran need to find, okay, hey, yeah, yeah, I ain't with no hijab. Hey, hey, yeah, I'm not with this or whatever. And then remove that. Around that, I don't know because it's not just Iran. It's um, you know, it, it's it's Saudi Arabia. The notion that um, you know, you can uh, and and shout out to uh, you know my people in the Middle East, my my mercenary buddies out there, yeah. still still serving. Cool, get some. But like, they will tell you they still they'll chop your hand off in the broad day, capital punishment for frivolous crimes. And I think that is a uh, that is an example of barbaric dogma being reflected in modern government. There's no place for it. So rally around that. I think I lost you, CJ. You there? Yo, we're gonna keep the show rolling. I'm sure CJ will come back on, or they're just gonna kill the connection. But yeah, Spartan race map. Get some good times. CJ, CJ, this is Alpha Alpha. You read me? Copy. Ah, back on. I know if we held in there, you'd be back on. I lost you for a moment. Can you hear me? Day Slayer, Day Slayer. This is Defender Control, over. We cannot reach him on the net. Having some technical difficulties. 
bear with us. But if this is still recording and we're still rolling, yeah, I, I totally support the, the movement over there in Iran. But get everyone involved. Don't limit your energy by just focusing on one gender. Dayslayer, Dayslayer, this defender control. Are you reading me over? Excellent. Outstanding. You're back on. I, I, I see you. I talked a little rhetoric while you were while you're gone. It seems we got the show rolling again. Let's uh let's get back to it. But do you have any closing remarks on uh, Iranian? Oh, we, we didn't even discuss or define um, that economy you were you mentioned. Oh, yeah. Hold on. Real quick. I found it interesting. What What I found interesting, I saw this in the 60 Minutes. They had a segment on Iran, my passion project. I just find, I just find it interesting, their situation. So, an economy of resistance is a type of economy which promotes growth and dynamicism under difficult conditions such as sanctions, threats, pressure, and animosity. So, um, basically, it seems like it's just the Iran situation because as I was doing research it seems like they're the only country that follows it. What I discovered was they create all their own goods. Interesting. And they have their own Uber, their own TVs, their own clothes, like everything. So I'm like, I'm sitting here like they're doing it out of necessity. But yet we don't do it out of convenience. But then we saw what happened with the blip. When, oh shit, 42% of our shit comes from China. <laughs> so you're saying they're very sustained. They're yes. very sustainable. Now, like, I'm curious, yeah, they have sanctions applied on them. And so, do you have any stats on their imports, if any? Um, that I would have to look up real quick. And then okay. the thing is, I didn't realize their currency is tied to our currency. I didn't know that. How so? I don't know. I saw it somewhere and it was like, got what they said, it dropped down. I just saw it somewhere. It went from, I think it was like 60, and the value dropped like 60%, something like that. Value of their currency, but it's tied to ours somehow. The thing is, um, I ran. They are, they're, one side is either Ukraine or the Russians are using their drones. It might be the Russians, but even their tech is on point. Say again? I think they have drones too. Uh, There's a a very notable drone. Let me see if I can find it on a Google search, but there's a... an Iranian drone that was supposed to be really good that's being, it's getting some action in, in the combat zone right now. Hold on, let me just type in Iranian drone. Okay, so the top five Iranian, oh, that's export. Um, or foods. So, oh, they're importing food? Yeah. So, hold on, it says, uh, he said transport planes, so it's the Russians that are using Iranian drones. 
So they're okay. doing business with Russia. Okay. Uh, products imported by Iran or furnished by. Okay, so China, UAE, Turkey, India, Germany, UK, Russia, Switzerland, Netherlands, Italy, Singapore, South Korea. What? Yeah, so they're getting a lot of praise for uh, Russian, I'm sorry, for these Iranian drones. They've actually been developing drones since the 1980s in the Iraq war for our operators, uh, you know, the civilians. Like, I, Iraq and Iran, they were beefing back in that era. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, drones have been in development since, like, gee, probably, what? I would say Vietnam era, but I wouldn't be surprised if people were tinkering with things. Yeah, I would say that because on, you know, that part on, on 95 in Virginia, that the skies are um, by aircraft. They say aircraft. Yeah, yeah. They are yeah. by aircraft. So that's been there. or something. Yeah, that, but, that's been there since, I, since we've been alive, for sure. So you're talking, what, almost 40 years. Now, my understanding, there were, like, the Japanese employed balloons with explosive ordnance that reached the West Coast in World War II. So that could kind of be considered a drone, but not really. But, uh... not really controlling it. It's a UAV, I suppose. It's an on... Yeah, yeah. So it's a, it's a UAV, and an unmanned aerial vehicle. But... This is uh, where things are right now. Uh, top 10 imports. I'll read it off. This comes from World's Top Exports. Um, so, machinery including computers, hmm. um, electric, electrical machinery, equipment, cereals, organic chemicals, oil seeds, uh, iron steel, optical, technical, medical apparatus, pharmaceutical. Animal, vegetables, fats, oils, and waxes, plastic, and products. That's what they import. Interesting. Now, I do hear that Iran uses a lot of Bitcoin. Oh, yeah, I I threw out a stat on there. Like, they're getting like $2 billion a year or something off of Bitcoin mining revenue from there. They use a lot of Bitcoin and other coupons, I mean cryptos, to uh, circumvent these these sanctions. But um, I want to speak on sanctions real quick. Okay. Because it's like, it's just a cowardly approach of diplomacy. So sanctions are like, yo, I got a problem with the decisions one world leader, one world leader has a problem with another world leader. So rather than deal with it directly, they impose sanctions on the nation, which my understanding when you're constricting the imports of bread, you're restricting the imports of food, stuff like that, the prices of commodities goes up crazy. Like bread could be like a hundred dollars, something ridiculous like that. The strategy, my understanding, is that the citizens are supposed to get so frustrated that they take it upon themselves to oust their leader. And um, 
while it seems to be like, yeah, no boots on the ground, minimal effort from, uh, you know, from the nation who has the problem, it just seems like a, a cowardly, a cruel and cowardly approach. For me, I think it's like, you got a problem with the leader, take him out or her out. Like, it's, it's that simple because you must assume the same applies to you. That if they have a problem with you, particularly if they're unable to apply sanctions on you, they're just going to take you out. So, cut all the middlemen. You don't like the hellfire missiles or cloak and daggers if that's your style, but sanctions are cruel. That's that's my spiel. And that you you raise a good point because I was looking as I was looking at the resistance account to see what it's defined as, etc. Oh yeah, I got the. Um, um, they were talking about how sanctions just what you just described I think one thing I give Tulsi Gabbard credit for even though she went down in flames <laughs> but her sitting down and talking to these so called like tyrannical dictators and all that I, I like that approach because don't know until you actually sit down and talk with them. And America usually doesn't do that. It's always like mm. So I will agree on that and yeah. I'll alter my approach. Let's have a conversation first. And if we can't meet consensus, then we can resort to poking daggers and all that other stuff. And but I it shouldn't be I don't, I don't even really feel like you have to do that. I, I think um my emphasis is that we citizens should not suffer as a result of geopolitics that is what i'm saying if it's i think the conflict should be be between leaders i would even go so far that military members shouldn't have to suffer as a result of geopolitics the conflict should retain between leaders the military's job should be to protect the leaders it's chess not checkers at the end of the at the end of the day and but that's just me. I assume a power. It's not. I'm not gonna be like, oh, my enemies are going to play by the book and they're not going to take shots at my head. No, no, no. Like, it, that's what it is. Whether it's state sponsored or, or or black ops, like this is the this is the game, the state of affairs. But um, I, I don't know. I, I I don't like I don't like sanctions. Yeah, I agree, and I I think. The approach I would take, kind of like Seb, like you go over there to talk and you come ready to get the deal done when you talk. So <laughs> nobody's wasting fucking time getting shit over with. So say, for instance, go talk to Russia, right? Go talk to Iran. You come there, you come there to make a deal so we can keep it moving. Like, we don't have time for that. Nobody has time. We got countries to run. I wouldn't go to, I wouldn't go on their turf. I mean, I would go to, we'd meet in Switzerland or somewhere in Israel yeah, along those lines. And then it's like, boom, like we're going to reach consensus. Cool. If not, then it's just like, I don't know. It's diplomacy. Things are, are changing in the world. And I think diplomacy is changing as well. Because here's the thing. I'm really thinking about the result of sanctions right now against Russia and, and, and what, what, what came from it, right? So citizens in Russia are being impacted by sanctions from the U.S., 
and from the European Union. Like a, a clown shooting themselves in the foot, the European Union is being impacted by those very sanctions, yeah. by uh, the restriction of, of, of fuel going to their citizens. Maybe I'm a little biased because I got I have my son's over there. Son's in Germany. The price of he's being he's being impacted by these sanctions that, that they impose. So if you got a problem with with Russian overlord, take it straight to a site. Well, I'm sorry, take it Have a conversation in Switzerland. If y'all can't meet consensus, and then you know what you gotta do about this, I don't know. I don't think I don't, it's the best it's, course of action. And like we've always been saying on first America, gotta let people be how they lead in their country. Only their citizens can really do the real change mm. in those countries. All we can do is facilitate what's best for both countries economically. That's it. You know what I'm saying? Mm. Man, yes, America really needs to think about America right now as Absolutely. billions of dollars are going into Ukraine because, like, and oops, we mismanaged the books. We didn't know how much we were spending over there. It was unacceptable. That is yeah. unacceptable excuse because we can count. The American people can do basic math. Yeah. We just know that, hey, when you. Use these numbers that just add billions on the end, and we can account. And um, there's there's just too much going on in America for us to care about what's going on elsewhere. Yeah, like we like we talked about, each state should be able to produce everything that their their residents need. So beds, you know, livestock, whatever, you know, and we know each state's probably a little different on what they have resource-wise, mm-hmm. but, like, each state should make their own baby form, like, as we saw mm. the baby form situation. Yo, like, you're not joking, we should not be depending on a foreign nation to import their formula so you can get another oops, we, uh, we, we, we didn't test or inspect this batch like uh yeah this is a very strange uh times that we're in man yeah so i guess moving on to some good news upgrade america style is we have the governor race i'm not sure south carolina my ancestral state um joe cunningham who is a millennial running for governor, and his running mate, I think, might be Gen X or millennial. I will say maybe she is the woman who is a fighter pilot in the Air Force. What Air Pilot? Base Hey, yeah. So he's a Democrat, but we're gonna look past that because it's not about party. We'll forgive him for that. Yeah, it's not about party. It's about what what your agenda is. Okay. So his agenda is he wants to eliminate the state income tax stuff. Hmm. He wants Maybe to, uh, I believe other states have done that. Like I don't believe New Jersey has a state income tax. Yeah, it's very um Maybe Texas too. It's Texas, I think. 
the ones off the top of my head, Texas, Tennessee, Florida, I think Nevada, maybe, maybe Delaware, I think. I know Delaware. I know, like, um, yeah, I really thought Jersey was on there. They might be. be wrong. I don't know. I don't remember. Um, legalizing marijuana and sports betting. Yep, so. Uh, give teachers a raise, fix our roads, get rid of career politicians on term limits. <laughs> Keep government out of medical decisions. So he's talking about Roe versus Wade, abortion. And this is very interesting coming from South Carolina, which is pretty conservative. I think, I don't know if we've ever had a democratic I'm gonna um I'm gonna inject my theory on that when you're done though. Nah, go ahead. I just thought it was very interesting. He seems pretty straightforward. I mean we know it's politics, but So we we had the blip. The blip was like we told y'all, you know, when the blip first kicked off, yo, this thing is going to be long term. Those who took that advice and relocated, you know, good on you. But um a lot of people a lot of people relocated in cities are feeling that lack of income and now they're talking about how the rural areas are being built up as uh you know people are 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 leaving these congested cities you know and going to the rural areas what does that mean right what does that mean when you got a bunch of people who are like f california F New York, F New Jersey paying X amount of thousands of dollars to live in a box where you can hear your racist neighbors like, why would you do that when you can rent a whole house somewhere? Yeah. So people are up and, and bouncing and, and dipping, right? But we've already established that there is a high democratic concentration where? Major cities. In the major cities. But then you got people from those major cities who are making that exodus, and now they're popping up in the rural areas who had a high concentration of what? Republican, right? So then this blip, this shift, it's already impacted Texas. Yeah. Like, crazy. But now it's like, what do you think? We're going to see more purple? states as you, you have this 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 conflict eh, upgrade america get some <laughs> but, but really we're seeing that and then perhaps this this gentleman is a, a he is an example of, of this this purple politics i like that purple politics <laughs> you have to point that. Up, upgrade america 2.0 upgrade america purple politics 2.0 <laughs> Nah, that's what's up. But nah, I just looked at all our concepts we've been talking about for three years. I'm like, boom, he's hitting them. I'm like, oh, you know, here we go. Let's do this. It's not hard. It's easy. But it's really exciting. Yo, Tulsi's been in the game for a while, but it's really exciting to see more candidates that are our age. Because this almost seems like it is a big red flag indicator that it is our time. It's always our time. So is your time, even if you're generation is not in politics whoever's listening but like to see people our age it is a it is inspiring really yeah and that leads to your, the next part of the rundown how to upgrade america if you 
mention blockchain bowling and race and how apropos you talk about Mr. Joe in Carolina, which I hope he wins. Him and his running mate, Miss Casey. No doubt. Um, I really hope they win because South Carolina needs it because there's so much potential in South Carolina because of their geographic location. I grew up there. I know. Um, I know the benefits of bringing manufacturing back to that region and also bringing tech would be the next thing I would suggest for Carolina. Bringing tech. They're definitely right for tech. And I think legalizing pot is a good state start for liberals. And, you know, just a lot of other... You want... I don't want to say you want a combination of Texas and Cali. Mm-hmm. You want some of the, the liberal values of, of California, but then also some of the rural values but I, I think politics are running they're, they're changing but um yeah what i wanted to talk about for the as far as the, oh go ahead no, i was just saying purple politics the term you just made up i like that yeah we have to coin that man but like okay i discussed a nauseam with one of my my professional colleagues about blockchain voting and it is a humongous responsibility it really is i don't trust the the mail-in voting and even the voting machines have their points of failure but to come to consensus where everyone would have to agree it would take a lot of research and agreement to do the voting what i think would be a great first start mm-hmm. would be a polling application are you okay. familiar how they do the polls now not really you're talking about like when they send you like a quick one minute survey I've never gotten one of those, but I'm referring to the approval ratings. When they say, oh, President Biden's rating is 27%. Like, how did they, you know how they came to those numbers? How did they do that? I know it's, they do um, Pew. I think it's usually Pew that does those studies. That um, Pew sounds familiar in my understanding, but it's it's a select sample. Okay. Meaning the hermetic, uh, as above, so below. If you get a pool of, I don't know, let's just say a thousand and then you get that, let's just say, a hundred out of a thousand that gives you your, your data sample. And then they just assume that that is, they massage those numbers to reflect the nation. If you, more or less, they're saying like, yo, this group of a thousand people represents three million people. So however this group of 1,000 people are, that pretty much represents how the nation would be. And my understanding, they do telephone. They they call. They call people. And then they get that data that way. But, yeah. I, I like that concept. Start with um, major topics. Like, they come up for the country. Start polling everybody and test it out. And then the next step well, what, what I was saying is the, the old way how they do it is I think it's rather antiquated and it's not accurate Yeah. as they're massaging the data. What I'm proposing is that rather than do that, do it real time with the blockchain. Start with this application where you have to register and everything to give real time feedback to your, your politicians. And then after you develop this blockchain app and you trust it and it's secure, use it to vote. 
but I think we need more ways to gauge how the population it feels about the decisions of our, our representatives. Yeah. Because there are major issues that are on the chopping block, like this uh, abortions and all, all the, the, the gun rights and everything. They need real-time feedback. We, we need to be able to communicate to, you know, to our representatives because it shouldn't be like, hey, okay, cool, I just got voted in. Whew. I'm good for the next four years. Yeah. You need to get this feedback from your, your constituents. And I think an application on the blockchain can do this. That's just how I would upgrade America. And so my experience, I'll give my experience. I've done mail-in voting with they let you know when your vote is actually counted. I county. Mm-hmm. When I was on the road, when I was at VA, I did a mail-in vote. I got a text and an email that my vote counted. So I thought that was pretty cool. Mail-in voting. Then, as far as at the polls, you remember um, when we were in school and you had the Scantron? Because that's basically what it is when you go to the polling. Mm-hmm. It, it seemed pretty straightforward, low maintenance as far as the polling machines. It didn't seem like, I'm not saying they can't fail. But it didn't seem like it would be much of an issue. But oh, my friend! So let's walk through that real quick. Okay, go ahead. So then, boom! I, I took my mother to vote for uh, 2020 when we did the presidency, and I analyzed it. Right, a little scans on this machine. Yeah. So then, this machine's there, right? Let's just say it's air cooled. I don't know. Something just crashed. Man down. Frag out. Boom. But um. Uh, so the machine's there. Let's just say it's there for eight hours, and then it's done. What happens to the machine subsequently? Is there a two-person concept? Are two people keeping eyes on this machine with this precious voting data? Because um, all it is is it's a hard drive, right? Someone has to take that hard drive, and then they have to transport it to where it's, there's a lot of room for failure. It can be okay. swapped, it can be displaced, and then it can be corrupted. There's a lot of room for failure. Because okay. it's a, a centralized point. A blockchain is it's like a blockchain, the best example for a blockchain is like a web page that everyone has their eyes on. And it's like it would be very difficult to change the web page fraudulently while everyone has their eyes on it. And everyone's like keeping their keeping track on it. That's what the, the, the blockchain is. There is no centralized point where like, hey, if you just delete this or we lost this hard drive with all the voting data or we lost this box of envelopes or we uh, all these centralized point of failures with conventional voting, the blockchain will eliminate that. But um, I agree. And I I'm... think we're just 10 years, maybe 20, maybe even, maybe we're... We're just 50 years ahead of our time. I don't know. It's hard to believe after the flip that we're not. I could see, I could, I could see this, but I think it has to be at a local level first. Um, it could be at a local level for fun, but would it really count? Would it really okay, count, so like? How about how about state level? 
state rolling out a blockchain voting app, it would still be hard. It, rolls, it still goes back to the same conversation that I have with uh, my, my dear colleague, uh, Mike P. I, I shout him out, Mike Phantom. Don't say his, his, his real, last, real last name, but like, you're still conducting the business through Apple or Samsung. Some sort of iOS or Android is going to play a part in this. And can a state afford that level of testing and scrutiny? I don't know. I don't know, but but know these conversations need to be had now. Because, yeah. like, I'm going to be real and I'm going to be prophetic. Like, the blip was just a test. It was just a test of the war. So, like, oh, I say they're willing to give up their constitutional rights for less than 1% of the population is dying and they'll give up their freedoms. It's turning up a little bit more and then they'll take more. I foresee it's getting worse, more blips, more man made uh, blips and stuff. We need this this ability to vote remotely. Yes. We told we told y'all about why we need to have remote schools before the blip, and then what happened? So it's like we we need this. Mailing it in is so many points of failure, and they've been demonstrated and caught. I will say this: that's what happened with the governor's race in Florida. But let's keep it real. Both sides are cheating. You ain't, you know, you ain't cheating. You ain't trying. But like, what percentage of cheating or foul play or effery do you think? Is it like a 2% margin that attributes to a victory? Or is it much more? And this is just entertainment. We're speculating. And hopefully intelligence company, uh, the Biden administration, y'all should be listening to implement. Republicans too. Don't be scared. Don't be pussy. If you're so confident in the GOP, you should advocate for online voting. So, let me rephrase the question. Or, if you don't have the answer, I got another question for you. Okay, go for it. It is a, um, a fight to death for the fate of humanity. Are you cheating? Hell yeah. No brainer for me. Okay, so then for some people, it may not be the scope or the magnitude may not be that great in the political race, but it may seem the fate of America is America, the the fate of the free world is at in jeopardy. So you must consider cheating is involved. If I had to, I would say 10%. Okay. 10% of cheating is what swings an election. And it's like, if you ain't cheating, you ain't trying. Like, if you're not using every resource, black or gray or what, to, uh, then you're, then you're not trying. 
I can't, I'm, again, this is entertainment. We're only speculating, and I don't have the resources to dig. But if I did, I'm pretty sure you could find signs of foul play on both sides of the political spectrum. Especially for each election. Um, I mean, we can point at uh, what happened to Bernie Sanders in that election. <laughs> that was cold blooded, man. Yeah. So, Very cold. Independence um, later on, man. Said if Trump's gonna do it, he should run independent. I'm telling you, break the system again. Um, I mean, maybe because it's like he he maybe you know, if he can organize his packs, those super packs, to deviate from the GOP and to form around just a Trump party, and for a, a narcissist of his level, I'm surprised he didn't. It's one thing to like you know take and puppet the GOP. It's another thing to have a whole political party named after yourself. But I think the reason why, if he's looking at it from a cost perspective, there's a lot of costs to one, getting the party recognized, then getting that party. There are political hurdles to getting uh, that party on a ballot, but he could do it. It's, he, he could do it. It's just, maybe I think he thinks it's, it's easier to, uh, to take the GOP. But here's the thing. I mean, what I hear circling in the GOP crowd, they want to ditch Trump anyways. Yeah. And I've heard... Oh, man, I sound like a gossiping uh, school child. But, like, that they wouldn't... There's a circle that would nominate Ben Shapiro. They like... And I'm not a fan either. But I could see him being the face of the new GOP. Particularly one that is deviating from Trump. Um, real talk, could a MAGA party win? Not without bloody cheating. <laughs> Not like, they're telling you that. But, um, could a MAGA party win? Really, you're talking about with the established GOP, the established Democratic Party, and then... If I had to pick one, I would definitely rather go libertarian. At least they're pretty reasonable for the most part. It's I the thing is, it's they just have we had any libertarian I d I don't wanna say I'm not dissing nobody, I just seem amateur. Like the Democratic Party has a long history. So you have a lot of advisors and whatnot within there who have held high positions of power. Same with the GOP. And even if Trump were to do his thing, he already had a presidency. So for him to be like, yo, F this party, form a new one. People, I could see people having faith in that type of party, but the Libertarian Party, it just... It always seems like the third party that's just there does all right, but it never really kicks butt mm. to me. I think it's the window and the state, state senator, state governor. I feel like somebody was. Yeah, but that, but not not the biggest office in the free world. Yeah, and that's but, how you measure when. Because yeah. here's the thing, when you're when you have the presidency. It just magnifies everything else. It magnetizes 
the the gubernatorial uh, candidates and everyone else within the party. The the presidency is the big dick, so so to speak. So when you have that, and you know, it's just like when libertarians take that, then perhaps they will empower a lot more. Yeah, I would say between them and independent, it'd be good to see just just a third party in the presidency. For our upgraders in audience, sorry for our language, sometimes it just leaks out. You know, military. It happens. God bless the First Amendment. Feel free to be offended. Just throwing that out there. We just we have our moments, you know. But um, I Still, agree with you. I, I think it's worth for you know throw it out on a political survey. Yes. You know, would you vote third party? Because right now both parties are tarnished. The, you know, the Dems for their overassertion with the Blitz, the GOP with reaching on the on the body. It seems both parties are violations on people's bodies. The, yeah. But Trump has led the the bandwagon for that, uh, and he has the GOP in his pocket. He got judges in his pocket. He's not GOP. Okay. College football has been awesome. It's been close games and it's been upsets. Um, NFL has been pretty cool. I haven't caught as much because so it's been fun. And then Abbott Elementary for those who like comedy, like kind of a wholesome show. Where mm-hmm. watch. Really cool show. They started season two. It's already funny. Um, it streams on Hulu and it's on ABC. I forgot what day. Like Wednesdays, I think. Wednesdays. And Yo, do you have access? You got access to Rick and Morty on Hulu, like the new episodes? Uh, I don't watch them. I know what you're talking about. I try. Oh, man. That's like the only... I don't partake in a lot of uh, entertainment, but that is... Uh, that's the show that has me laugh on that. And but he, that is your style, and I understand why you like Oh, absolutely. And I'm inquiring because they canceled it on other networks. Mm-hmm. And I heard the new episodes that they brought it back are streaming on Hulu and something else. I could be wrong. Could be. I don't know. Um, but, yeah, that's something I think is... Uh, it, it's... I would like to see that again. That's my, my pop culture tidbit. But, um... um I did want to... Uh, go ahead. Yeah, Wahlburger was dope. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that is uh, Mark Wahlberg's burger chain restaurant. It's a little on the pricey end. Burger was a little light, but it was scrumptious. And uh, customer service was dope. Fries are, are incredible. Okay. And, yeah, I'll eat there again. Um, we have those here, too. It's worth checking out. I think I, I when did. I go eat there again, I would get two patties instead of uh, just one. That was a uh, little... Yeah. Wasn't quite a slider, but yeah. it was, uh, you know, it was I like. Ate I ate there years ago, and then, you know, Orlando, we got a lot of burger places. Kind of, you're fighting, man, to have a dope burger because it's a bunch of places here. That's what I think I need to do. I did a pizza tour, mm-hmm. I need to do a burger tour, and then just be like, yo, bang, boom, just start reviewing. But there's my wall burger review. But what else we got on the, uh, on the list? Oh yeah, last season of Atlanta, the show. I love that show because I. Oh what now? Atlanta, the show Atlanta. Okay, that, that. 
love that show. Donald Glover, Childish Gambino. Um, it's been good so far. I'm glad they're back in Atlanta because I just relate to that culture from having lived there and lived in Georgia and stayed there four years. Georgia was cool. We we linked up in uh in ATL at CNN headquarters. Yo, the, my 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 man over there, all prophetic, talking about yo. Social media is gonna crush conventional media in the next five years, and then what happens? They they talking about like Joe Rogan podcast is getting more views than CNN. That's just wild. You called it though. Yeah, that is kind of wild. Um, but go ahead. Um, we're talking about faith. Ah oh, man, so it was like, I'm gonna have to show you. Uh, I'm reading the Bible, learning about faith, all like this stuff, I'm trying to really conceptualize these these elements, like. Faith, what does that mean to you? How I always view it is you're putting in all your best efforts and your energy, abilities, and intellect into something you don't even know. <laughs> wow, man, you nailed it. But think about faith when you get a new job. Yeah. You put all your energy, your ability, and you, you know your intellect for two weeks before you get paid because you have what you have faith <laughs> you got faith that they're gonna pay you right so that's one example of faith give you another example of faith right so you walk in what is it the west side highway uh new york city that's uh, the West Side Highway is on the west side of Manhattan, right? Facing, uh, what is it, the Hudson River. So in order to get to that park on the other side, you got to cross this highway. But you see in cars, big trucks flying around, 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 around by there, right? But a little red light, just a little red light. It's just like, yo, it's telling these big trucks and everything to slow down. So you, what do you do? You cross the street, even though you see huge trucks in the distance, you have faith that they're not gonna run you over. <laughs> that they're not gonna run you over when you cross the street. That's another example of faith. But we have faith. We have we have faith and we demonstrate faith on, on a daily basis. But it's in these man-made systems. Is we we really need to learn how to harness faith in, in, in higher power. And that's what I'm striving to do. My favorite book of the Bible still remains the faith of a mustard seed, which is like dumb small, can move mountains. And my, my spiritual advisor, shout out to Mario, he insists that this is metaphorical. I believe this is literal that, yo, we're human beings able to muster that much faith and belief that we could move literal mountains and um that's the power that i but that's my spiel on faith what's your thoughts man i got nothing to add man because i look at just going through life in this bottom moment as faith even if it was the hardest darkest moment i had some kind of faith some kind of hope but you, again how your your definition and my light just went, went out but your definition just like it, having that having that ability to put all your energy even though you don't know the outcome you still believe 
that is a very strong aspect. And, you know, just learning to, to muster faith. Like, yo, there's hard times, but I believe, I have faith that I apply this energy, I apply my ingenuity, I apply my talent, that in time, my desire will manifest through faith, through God, if that's what you, you believe in. But, <laughs> yeah, Bitcoin's not going to save you. Your job's not going to save you. Like, at the end of the day, yeah, you need mad streams of income, but you need faith and motivation. But that's all I got. Upgrade America. Be kind to one another. Like, life is a blessing. Follow your dreams. Do what you want, because that's what we're here to do. Peace.